to do this. We don't have to record that, right? When they first asked us to do this, I said, why would we do that? No one's going to come to that. (laughs) And if they do, all we'll need is a broom closet because there will be only about three of us there, right? And they'll be our friends, (laughs) right? Right, okay. When they first when they first asked us to do the quick talk yesterday, uh, and it was related to fitness, we 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 envisioned like doing a recording of us hearing that we were going to do that, and going, who would want to see that? There's everybody. We all know we're supposed to get fit. I mean, <laughs> what what can you do to help? So, but we feel like we do have some things that'll that'll be helpful. So we do a lot of research in this area. We spend a lot of time in this area. Mindy has a her undergrad degrees in this area. And then uh, I've done a lot of study related to pastors and leaders. Uh, There's actually quite a bit of research, even specific to pastors and leaders, about exercise, about getting fit, about being healthier. And so, um, you know, it's a journey. It's uh, one of those long and winding things. We we didn't watch the Game of Thrones, but we or Game of Thrones, but we know that's a long and winding story, and uh, and and kind of captured America lately. So we uh, joked about the the same idea, the the long and winding story. Um, we thought we'd just, we'll start with this commercial. We saw this and uh, just thought, that is so good. It kind of lays out, it's interesting, Google sort of lays out the same pathway of what we're going to go through today. So uh, let me see if I can... Uh Uh-oh. Let's try again. So you're just not going to hear it because <laughs> I tried plugging it in and it doesn't, it's not working through the, it's probably going on the recording, but it's not, uh, so it, the, the, the sound is unimportant really. It's just somebody's Googling, you know, how to get in better shape. Can you try the one yes, I can try that. Okay. Look at, she's so smart. All right, here we go. We're not all equal. As far as talent, we're not equal as far as size, but we all are equal as far as having the opportunity to be the best you can be. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah. Yeah. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah. yeah. You either with me or against me, though. You either with me or... <laughs> All right, so obviously even beyond what we share today, uh, there's so much information out there that we can find 
uh, that will help us. But uh, what was the name of that commercial, Mindy? So, so if somebody's listening to the recording and they want to. How to start, I don't know. How to start, Google. Uh, little is one of their latest advertisements just on how good they are at t taking us to good information. So uh, hopefully some of you have pens. We're hoping that you're going to work. And uh, as we thought about this, we were going to do it all on PowerPoints at one point. And then we decided um, that what we'd rather do is put something in your hand so that you have something concrete that you've sort of worked through. It's a workshop, you know, so the idea is to work through something and you own it, and you got it, and it's, you know, we felt like that was going to be the most uh, likely to bring some success. Um, I might need somebody that's more technical. There we go. Help me out with that. All right. So let me ask you uh, a first question. We're going to start with the Word of God. We're going to start with the idea of, okay, what does Jesus have to say? What's the Old Testament have to say? What's Paul have to say? The epistles. Uh, when we think about... Uh, getting healthier or uh, self-care, those kind of things. Uh, Don't twist it here. Yeah. I do have a pen or two. Anyone victory right here? I've got some more. Whoever's asking first is getting them, yeah. Oh. Where are they? Oh, some more in the back. I love it. Yay. Awesome. Your favorite thing. Yay. To space yourself out a little bit. <laughs> we can get rid of some of that aisle if we need to. So, so you want to. Have you noticed that even in the main sessions, that squishing? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I said, put my arm. In. She said. I put my arms around her, and she's like, thank you. And I'm going, like, I'm just trying to be able to fit in the chair. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like. Get up here. Why are you back there? Get up here. All right, so here's what I want you to do. Uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, conversation. This is a workshop. It's not going to be a download. Uh, I've been a professor at Life Pacific College and before that at Life East uh, for about the last 20 years and uh, uh, off and on, uh, mostly adjunct. But um, one thing I've learned is nobody learns anything from download. You learn from the interaction, from the kind of chewing on it. From the so we're gonna we'll share some things. You're gonna get some new information, but a lot of it's gonna be uh, even working through things you know as well. So uh, what I want you to do is just find one other person or two other people, so a, a duo or a triad, and just talk for a minute about what is it that Jesus or the Old Testament or Paul, any of those uh, categories, or anywhere in the Bible, what does it say about health? What does it say about exercise? What are some of the verses? So turn to somebody, have a little conversation, then we're going to ask for some of you to give some feedback on that. We're going to grab this. No one's getting this one, right? Are you saving it? Okay. Coming. 
See if anybody else needs one of these. Let me grab one. You guys at the back are doing like the standing desk thing. Yeah, somehow it's supposed to burn like an extra calorie or two per hour. Yeah. another All right, guys, so give me some of the things in the Word of God about this. What does God have to say about fitness or exercise or getting in shape or uh, suffering or <laughs> getting healthier? <laughs> Your body is the temple of God. Isn't that so good? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's almost like the foundation, isn't it? Once, okay. So, have any of you ever been a part of a church? Like, I took a church one time uh, when I was uh, in in Norco, uh, California, while I was while I was the dean of students at, at Life, and I, uh, man, this church, 
It had flies in the sanctuary all the time. It had, uh, you know, there were lots of troubles with it because it had just been in decline. The people were fantastic, but they'd kind of forgotten about the, the temple, the building. And uh, we, but the people rose up very quickly. They did like a $300,000 renovation of that church debt-free within the first year that, that I was there. It was crazy because once they realized, they were like, oh, we just hadn't noticed all the decline, all the things that happened, and like, you know, and how it kind of smelled and all that. They said, we needed some fresh eyes. Bam, they got after it, and it was amazing. And so they were wonderful people, and they just had kind of forgotten, okay, it's the temple. I need to, this should be a little better because this is where God dwells. So, so that is some good motivation, isn't it? It's one thing about the word. It kind of helps motivate us. Okay, this matters to God. All right, what else? Any other scriptures? Yeah, yeah, that was the sign, wasn't it? Sabbath was the sign that they weren't under materialism. They had this other sort of place of Sabbath and trust that, uh, how does trust sometimes work against us biblically uh, in, in getting in better shape or being healthier? I'll tell you this story. I had a, I had a friend, and I'm not going to mention his name. He's with the Lord now, unfortunately, but he was a good friend my age, same age. We were tracking along, wonderful genuine genius. I mean, this guy was one of those guys that could just do stuff in his head, unbelievable, had a PhD, uh, was in education, did all kinds of amazing things. And I remember rooming with him one time, and I said, man, you, you know, hey, any chance you, you know, we could help you kind of move the health bar a little bit, you know? And that dial just kind of, you know, start shifting. He goes, you know, I just trust the Lord. He goes, you know, when I'm going to die when God wants me to die, and I'm going to live when I li- he wants me to live, and nothing I can do makes any difference in that. And I said, I don't know that that's good theology. He goes, oh, no, that's, that's you know. And so I, don't mess with me. I go, okay, you know. And unfortunately, uh, in his early 50s, uh, he went to be with the Lord, and it was, it was all preventable stuff. It was all the kind of stuff that science, when we exegete creation, that's called science, so we exegete the text, and we exegete what God's made, and we learn from both who God is. But, the, you know, science teaches us that you can probably make lives live longer. And is there anywhere in Scripture that tells us that life can live longer depending on the decisions we're making? Honoring your father, mother and father, that's one of the first, yeah. So that's not even a physical thing, but it is a trauma thing. It is a, a thing that affects the, physical, the physical body and the, the types of trauma, the types of uh, th- trouble that we get into, the kinds of maybe addictions we go into that maybe our parents could have protected us from and, and those kind of things. So there is really a promise, both spiritual and probably, physic- uh, probably practical as well, that when we honor our father and mother, we, we tend to follow a better pathway of health. Uh, what else? Any other promises? <laughs> What's that one? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to go there. Go, yeah, tell me that one. Uh, it, for it does. <laughs> yeah. And godliness profits uh, all things. And then he says, so he says, train to be godly. And that word train is very interesting. Anybody know what the Greek word is for train in that uh, 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8? 4, 7b and then verse 8. Um, anybody know the Greek word? It's it's gymnasia. What's that sound like? Gymnasium. gymnasium. It's, it's the exact word we get gymnasium from. So we're Paul, at that time Paul was writing that to the Ephesians. He's writing to Timothy who was pastoring the Ephesians. Uh, Paul is using a term 
that meant these guys who trained, in, there were Ephesian games, they were equivalent to the Olympics. Uh, they were the second largest games in the Middle East at that time. And the largest games were in Olympia. But, uh, and, we, you know, and we've redone those, we do those now, the Olympic games. But anyway, he's, he was using a term to say we should train spiritually, but he also used it in the context really of physical as well. It profits some. And so those guys are, you know, there's some good out there that's happening when these guys are training. Just, I don't want to, man, it's going to be like a theme after you, if you heard us yesterday. But honestly, what it really means, it comes from a word that means naked. And so what it literally means is to train naked because that's the way they train. So uh, I guess I like to apply that because we, we've, we're vulnerable. Anybody ever do anything in exercise and you feel so embarrassed, right, from day one? The shame is already there, you know? I remember when I started working out in weight rooms, I, would, I didn't touch free weights for about five years. You know, I'd just go to the machines because the machines kind of told me what to do, you know. And then one day I was like, this guy goes, hey, you, I go, how do you do that? And so he started showing me some free weight stuff. But I was so ashamed to even go over to the free weights because it was embarrassing. It was vulnerable. I didn't feel, you know, I didn't, they, those guys were all rippled, you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, eh, I don't really belong over there, you know, so. Uh, anyway, so I think there's that, that verse actually can speak to us about being vulnerable and uh, train, gymnasia. It's a great word, even though he's applying it especially then to even more important spiritually. That's what we were trying to say yesterday, by the way, if you happen to see that, the idea that if you can tie physical goals to spiritual, because uh, it, it, my friend, the one that wouldn't exercise, he had something right. It's really that physical is not near as important as the spiritual, being the temple of God, you know, being a good steward. I'm just going to give you a couple more verses. The other one's, uh, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, love yourself. Love yourself. You got to love, you, you got to, you love yourself to get capacity. So self-care is, what it means is to do the things that give you more capacity to love God and love others well. And so, Taking care of ourselves physically, loving ourselves or doing self-care in the right kind of way is a way of, 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 do, of loving God and loving others, expanding capacity. And so we turn that dial a little. There's no perfection in this. You know, wh where would that be? At some point, you're crossing over and it's not even healthy anymore. But gaining capacity so you have more to give away, that's self-care, uh, that's Sabbath, that's um, the, um, uh, let me think, the only other verse was... Um, oh, in that same verse, he says, love the Lord all your God with all your strength. In the Luke 10 and also in the Mark version of those, uh, that verse. <clears throat> and the Greek word for strength uh, there is interesting because dunamos means strength in the sense of being exerted and power. That, that's a different word. Is it iskus? I think it's iskus. And iskus means capacity. He says, love the Lord all your God. Love the Lord your God with all your capacity. So it has to do with building up strength, building up capacity. So again, when you do self-care, when you take time to, to when we take time to exercise, uh, it it is loving God with all of our strength. It's building capacity. So then he says, I need you to be a missionary. I need you to do this. I need you to, to miss some sleep and care for this couple. I need you to, you know, and you, you're like, Man, I can't feel it. I don't feel it. You know, I need you to preach. Oh, my brain's just not thinking clear anymore. And you're like, no, I've built capacity working out, taking care of the temple, and then, and then the Lord can use me in additional ways that he could not have. 
So I'm loving him with all my strength. Uh, it's a word that means capacity. So, yes. Yeah. Third John verse 2, yeah. So he wants us to be in, in good health. So some of that's our choice. One last section, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 is all about promises. Chapter 3 and chapter 4 of Proverbs is all about promises of extending your life if you listen to wisdom. Just go there. There's about 10 promises. At one point, I thought about just putting them all in there because, I mean, he goes, I will give you long life if. I will give you long life if. I will give you long life if. And so there is a, th those of us that want to, you know, put wisdom into or, ex or uh, exercise wisdom, uh, we can make a difference. There's that promise that somehow we can get more years. And I'm afraid my friend died while he still had some of his greatest capacity to serve because he ignored the one component and, and didn't do the other. So that's laying out some of the physical side. So there's a reason you're here. Tell me why you're here. Tell me why you picked this one. Why you said, ah, we better. Oh, now see, we, those are the two people with three more that we thought would be here because they're our friends. See? Yeah, right? So that, we said, put us in a broom closet because no one's going to want to come to this, right? But look at you guys. Look around this room. This is really sweet. This is a remnant that God can use moving forward, right? Already two or three of you have told me about your journey. Who is willing to say why you're here out loud with your words? Yes. Yep, yep, there you go. Yep, that's right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Eleanor, why are you here? I know you do.
I love that, Alan. Well, thank you. Thank you. I love that. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. As a senior pastor, a new senior pastor, Pastor Eleanor, thank you for modeling that for us. Anybody else? Right, right, yes. Yeah, yeah. So here is, here is the, um, the important piece to this is that you're here. And what we're going to share today is, is small steps, is movement on the dial. Because if we go to zero, from zero to 100, it's not sustainable. We know it. I'm going to exercise, like I had a, a young woman say to me, um, I'm going to run six miles today, and she has never run anything. And I said, maybe half mile would be a good place to start, because if we say six and we only get one quarter of a mile, then we stop, right? So um, <coughs> we want to we help you actually process right now, like sort of think through now while you're sort of in this anointed place under the anointing of being in worship, and you're kind of... You know, maybe Jesus is like a little closer to speaking specifics into your life right now and an ability to kind of hear. So we're going to trust him to give you even a strategic plan in this workshop. Uh, so I, we left some things there that uh, we could point you. It's easy to Google, you know, benefits of exercise. There's so many. I, I would point out one of the last things we put on there was um, – that just a week ago, they came out and said, okay, there's been this global study. They, they looked at all these things, and they said, okay, how do you prevent dementia? How do you help people have brains that last a long time, can really serve the Lord for a long time is the way I think about it, uh, can be good stewards of all that God teaches us and, and can live that life so that it's to the end. And they said it comes down to two things, 
And this is the only ones we know, not, not uh, you know, the brain games. They might help a little bit, you know, not the uh, supplements. Uh, we don't know if those help or not, you know, not this. But what, how you eat and exercise. And basically they said exercise is the number one. They said if you just did that one, you pretty much got the 90% of what we know for sure works. So, again, even on our brain and on sustainability of service to the Lord, uh, exercise is such a crucial thing. But let's go on now to the, the no shame assessment. And so if you're sitting next to your spouse, you can cover your notes. They don't need to see. Uh, they, you know, <laughs> uh, husbands and wives are so hard on each other sometimes. Uh, what I want you to do there is just think about uh, a, a sentence or two and kind of where you land on that right now compared to where you want to be. So we're going to talk in a, a minute how you sustain this, but one of the parts of that is motivation. We're going to give you some hints on motivation and those kind of things, but where would you put yourself right now? How motivated are you to really see something different five years from now? And maybe, uh, maybe let me ask you this question uh, to think about that. Uh, if you kept doing what you're currently doing five years from now, where, where's that going to turn out? And <laughs> it's your own grading scale, you know, because we're all just turning the dial. That's one reason we use dials, by the way. Just this idea of kind of moving. There's no perfection in this. What is perfection? I mean, even, even people in Hollywood or whatever that make a living doing this five hours a day so that they look like, you know, it's perfect on the screen still judge themselves in all the ways that they could be, do better. So what it key is is figuring out how can we do a little more? How can we just be, a, you know, how can we move the dial, Lord, toward what you might have for us? You might uh, make a note there. Google stages of change. Those six uh, delineations let you know how likely you are to continue your trajectory of change. <laughs> we have them here. We have them right here now, so we might look at them in a minute. Uh, so, yeah, so kind of give yourself a grade. Kind of write a sentence or two of uh, this is how motivated I am. Like, I'm going to do this whether nobody's with me, whether, you know, uh, you know, this is going to be really high on the priority, or this is I'm going to make some moves, you know, but uh, just try to estimate your own sense of motivation right now. Or I'm, I'm going to learn more. Maybe I'm just at the place I'm going to learn more. I don't know if I'm going to take any action yet. That's okay, too. Just figure out where you are at the moment in motivation. And then you can move on to, to the vision dream question. And this is, this is that place where uh, I am asking especially, uh, I've thought about where I want to be five years from now. I have a picture you can either think of a person that you think, okay, I, I, I think I could match that. I've had some of those heroes in my life where I go, I don't know, but I think I could be as healthy as that person. Uh, you know, when, like I have a friend right now that's 80, and I always look at him, I go, you're my hero. Every time I see him, I go, you're my hero. I'm going to be like you when I'm 80. And I, so I've got this picture. So rate yourself. Do you have a picture yet? And if not, kind of write some notes to yourself about what you're going to do to get a picture. You might write something like, uh, I'm going to start a vision board and start sticking up some pictures of, you know, people I see, you know, that uh, maybe in magazines or uh, other ways that I'd like to be like. Or I'm going to write the names of people because I need some sort of a picture or a vision. You know, without a vision, the people are unrestrained. Without a vision, Proverbs tells us we're unrestrained. There's nothing, you know. So you've got to kind of get some kind of a clarity in your mind. So where are you at the moment 
in having a clarity of where you even want to go. Why would we do that workshop? Did they ask 15 other people, right? And they all said no. So we're down to them. I guess they'll work. So one thing I'd like to say, a rut is defined as a habit or pattern of behavior that's become dull and unproductive, but it's hard to change. Where are you in a rut? We're going we're gonna to look on the back of your things later and do some... Um, overcoming obstacles. And I'm just going to be really honest really fast and share that I realized about six months ago where my emotional eating came from. As, a, um, as an only child, alone a lot, it was my comfort. At second grade on, I walked home alone to an empty house. And then at 11, my daddy died. And all these things contribute. So there's a reason we're not healthy people. It's not all our doing, okay? A lot of this is underneath. And we need to figure out, why, why do I do this? Brene Brown says she has a, a, a note in each of her cabinets and her refrigerator. When she opens the door, it says, why are you here? <laughs> I love that, right? It's like, okay, I, I don't want to answer that. I'm going to rip that note right off. Okay, right? Because in that moment, what happens is I get about two minutes of soothing from that donut or those three donuts. And then I'm super sorry. Don't judge me, Joanne. Right? Okay, yeah, don't judge me. And so I have to go on the front end of that. You remember how I feel after I eat those donuts? And then I get to go, is it worth it? Yeah, today it is. So we got to have so just a one minute, just one minute. And so we got to have some grace for ourselves. You got to be nice to yourself, not mean, not shameful. Okay, that's a piece of this journey. If you get nothing else today, start being kinder to yourself in your own head, right? Say the things you would say to me after hearing my story. Wow, that must be hard. I get why you do that. Right? I'm sure glad I let you finish that. That was so good. Or I wouldn't let you do I mean, it's not letting, but <laughs> I'm glad you finished. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> there's no letting there. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so men, by the way, sometimes, uh, and, and these overlap, but for us, shame's an issue, but sometimes it's workaholism. Uh, I was at a workaholistic spot uh, one day. I went to the doctor, and, and he said, uh, how's your church plant going? I said, oh, it's, you know, it's going uh, really well. And he goes, I'm glad to hear it. He said, but you're not going to be around to enjoy it. He said, you're, I've got your labs right here. Your labs are like a 70-year-old, and you're like 38 years old. And so the next day, I went out for a run. I only made it a block. That's all I could do. And the next day, another block. And I eventually ran a marathon. Uh, you know, it wasn't sustainable because it was only fear that was leading me at that point. 
my motivation had some problems to it because it didn't have the motivation of, it, I, was, I was working so hard to perform as a young pastor and uh, as a leader, just thinking, okay, this is what matters, you know. And it really, I didn't yet have the theology of Sabbath. I didn't have the theology of trust. I didn't have the theology of limits. I didn't have the theology of, of, of seeing how I worshiped the Lord in when I was exercising. I just had fear. I don't want to die. I want to enjoy my church plant, you know, so I, that wasn't as good a motivation as other things that I began to grow into, so as you're evaluating your own motivation there, uh, the vision, your own vision, uh, how about skills? Do you feel like you have the skills you need? Uh, I told you about when I couldn't go to the weight, free weight area, I just felt embarrassed because all those guys had somehow had learned that in football or something, and I didn't, and I didn't know, you know, uh, but Whatever areas you may have passions for, do you need some skills? Make some notes there if you, if you think of something like, I'd really like to learn to Zumba dance, or I'd like to learn how to play golf, or I'd like to learn, you know, think about a skill that you may need, something that maybe is holding you back. I'd like to know more about nutrition. I'd like to, you know, whatever it is, jot down some notes there of your skills or tools that you'd love to, to discover. And then the last one's your team or your community. Uh, you know, one of the great things that we have is that as, as spouses, we're on the same page on this right now. And uh, being on the same page, we, we provoke one another to love and good deeds. You know, we, uh, not in a shaming way, and we've learned how to, we're, we've learned where it shames the other person, and we try hard to stay away from that. Uh, but in the way of just, uh, hey, I'm headed out, you want to go? Uh, okay, you know, and so, no, no, yes, whatever, you know, so the shame would be, what do you mean I want to go? I mean, you made some goals, remember, you wanted to, you know, it's like, I saw you eating those donuts, why, you know, uh, and we've made those mistakes at times. I've made those mistakes at times, and uh, so, uh, anyway, but who is your team? Do you have anybody else that, that you could partner with? Because community is one of the huge things they've discovered about being healthier. Uh, that if you can do it, if you walk with somebody, if you can, like we love riding our bicycles together. We're crazy that way. Uh, we, we go to the gym together. We do other things. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we, we need, even there, we're, we're introverts. So we, that's one reason we put headphones on and listen to books while we're riding. Because we don't want to talk all the time. We want alone time while we're writing. But, so we're together, but we're getting alone time. And then we take the headphones off and talk about the book we've been listening to. So uh, we, sh we kind of blend with our introversion and extroversion. So anyway, who's your community? Just jot down, even right now. Lord, fill our hearts with ideas of who could we partner with? Who would encourage us? Who would uh, be a, a shame-free friend in our journey? So we're all in different places, aren't we? I'm not going to run a marathon. I'm never going to run a marathon. I don't want to, and I'm not going to do that. So when you look at this menu of options, I'm not going to read it to you. You're bright, articulate people. You know how to read. We've tried to offer you some practical suggestions for taking the first, second, third steps. Pat mentioned Zumba. Zumba. 
Okay, how fun is that, right? It's great for your brain. I'm a terrible dancer. My brain would be on fire in a good way, right? I'm learning new skills. I'm creating new pathways. I'm, I'm learning. I, I, I feel like an idiot. The older I get, the less it matters. Once we got grandkids, I didn't care that I look like an idiot, right? And so doing a dance, we love to dance. We're not pretty when we dance, but we still dance, right? Okay, so there's take a dance class. Um, get a stationary bike in your living room if you're going to watch some Netflix. Yeah, look at what might work. Like, get a dog. That's what I want. I want us to get a dog so I can walk it. Um, so I love the uh, what you can do with tiny humans, like fourth down on the left. You can wrestle with your grandchildren. Your, your children play on the playground with the church school kids, right? Play kickball. Piggyback a kid. Do that for a half mile. See how you feel tomorrow, right? So oftentimes it just starts small. So we live about... Oh, three quarters of a mile from the little tiny downtown in our town. So we'll walk to dinner, right? Or we'll ride our bike somewhere. We will be thinking all the time, I have to make that phone call. Sometimes those people talk a lot. I better go walk outside and talk to them. So it's a two for one, right? Or if I have a coffee date, I say, you want to meet at the park, not the coffee shop. And then we walk, and that's really sweet. So there we just kind of develop a new mindset that includes movement, okay? So they have proven 10 minutes. Like you eat a meal, go out and walk around the block for 10 minutes, your blood sugar normalizes. Everything gets better. It just does. So even if you're just walking in spurts around your office, if you walk around the church, if just move, think, move. We're going to come back to the SMART goals in a minute, but uh, have you guys circled a few of those? Have you thought about some of those? Have you got some you love um, from, the, from the menu of options? Why don't you flip over to the back page, and I want you to tur uh, turn to someone again and just tell them the top two or three obstacles that, that slows you down. Like what stands in your way the most often? So let's just let's brainstorm a few of those together, and then I'm going to ask you for those, and we're going to help you solve those. You can talk to someone other than your spouse. Yeah.
Okay, really fast, I want you to popcorn, popcorn quick. Give me your main obstacles for moving the bar on getting healthy. All right, no, don't raise your hand, yell them out. What? Injury, excellent. Travel. Time, right faster. Injury, travel. Oh, I didn't even hear mindless eating. Who said that I love you? Thank you. Thanks, Clinton. Yeah, I, I'm professional at that. Living alone, I love that. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't love that, but I, I get that. Yes, I get that. I hear you. Emotions, emotions. Sadness, lethargy, uh, no energy. Lack of prep, planning, no plan. We don't have a plan. Cooking too much, is that what you said? Cooking too much, which equates to eating too much. Okay. Uh, got it, yeah. For Right, and there's so much, yeah. Yeah, you do not. You just have to split it up and freeze those portions, right? So you pull one portion out for lunch. Yes, right. Excuses. Love it. Anything else we're missing? Okay, we just want to rest. We're tired. Laziness. Oh, that's a harsh one. Okay, Eleanor. Time, money. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. There you go. I love it. Yeah, no joke, right? A loaf of bread, $8, right? I hear you. Wow, that's crazy. I'm so sorry. Anybody else? What are we missing? Yes. Okay. So they provide you lunch, and you are required to eat it. That's harsh. Okay. Good and bad, right? Yes. Menopause. And are you struggling with that these days? And Right. Okay. I appreciate that. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That too. Okay. Who? Yes. Stace. Thank you. I'm telling you, food is the acceptable addiction in ministry. It is. Yep. And Jesus, like, right? It's all through the scripture. Food is everything, right? So it's what? It's Chinese. Okay. Chinese food? It's just Chinese. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Who has some practical help? one of these especially this one let's pick this one the overwhelming nature of ministry creates a lack of time did you want this microphone I see it in your face here come just stand close to me and I'll share it with you <laughs> well I was going to say uh, for example this year I uh, once we learned we were going to be doing this workshop I began to do intermittent fasting 
I was doing it before that. But anyway, she likes to tease Why me about that. Yeah, so, so but okay. that was so hard in ministry because how do you do that? I started yes. not eating at night. Well, yes. I was started not eating in the morning. And then I went to the doctor and he said, oh, you got acid reflux at night. You need to just move your intermittent fasting tonight because that'll solve the acid mm-hmm. reflux. And it did. So I thought, oh, that's great. But so often in the evening, we need to entertain or be with people. Or and, that's when we then, connect as a eat, family. And I'm like saying to them, yeah, he's a jerk, you, you're right? eating all that mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm over here yes. eating, I'm being Mr. Healthy, you know. And it just creates like bad situations. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, I've had to learn, just figure out, okay, I'm going to intermittent fast most days. And then some days mm-hmm. I'm just like, Yes, yes, it's a it's a cheat day, and so nobody gets to know that, but I get to enjoy time with people. So here's the deal. We have a really hard time with flexibility most of the time. We are rigid people. We are going to keep the schedule. We're going to keep the rhythm. We're going to, it's got to be this way, or we're bad, or, so a piece of this is, how can we be more flexible, like I said, with ourselves, kindness, Right? Not so harsh. I can't believe you ate three donuts. So how can you find and carve out more time? John? Values must match your vision. I love it. The values of your health. There you go. Right. So you got to be honest about it. I've not valued health. Okay. So the values of your health must match the values of your vision. So if you want longevity in ministry, you have to say no. Do you hear me? Say it. Louder. Okay. People say no to us all the time. We have to start doing that or this will never work. You got to say no to something to do this. It's like I have a friend, if she buys a new article of clothing, she removes one from her closet. Always. She buys one, she gets rid of one. She buys five, she loses five. Okay, so where can you say no? Because that's what it's going to take. And it's going to feel awkward and prickly and uncomfortable, and you're going to have to disappoint people you care about. How's that feel? Nobody signs up for that. M, M, don't act like you like that. I know you better than that. She hates disappointing people. It's hard. We went into ministry for people, right? Right? So saying no to them and hearing their displeasure, how's that feel? Awful. This is where the theology helps so much, though. When people uh, know, and some of you have tried this probably, when they know you're doing something because it's Sabbath unto the Lord, or they know you're loving the Lord with your strength, or they know that there's, uh, that you have reason. It's like most of the time if you say, well, I have a date with my spouse, so I can't meet that night. Oh, I love that you have a date with your spouse. That's awesome. But if you say, oh, I, I need to go to the gym that night, they're like, what? 
you don't want to go to the gym. Nobody likes the gym. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I don't really want to go to the gym. Yeah, let's hang out, you know. But you have to almost have that same sense. No, I, I really, the Lord's been messing with me about this. I want to be in this for the long haul, and that's my night I'm working out. So you, you have a reason yes. for your, what, what he was saying. Right. So here's the deal. You put it in your calendar. And then you say, you don't have to give people all this information. You can say, I have an appointment. Because you do. And this matters. And Jesus said no all the time. Here, these people can't wait for you to come and do more healing. Nope, headed to the next town. How about now? Nope, headed to the mountain with my father. He said no. You have to. Put it in your calendar. Okay. This lethargy, sad thing gets fixed with exercise and good food. I swear it does. It does. Eleanor? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Right. No joke. Yep. It is. Yes. That's good. That's so good. Yeah. Yes. Do you hear her? Do you hear her? How many people look at their phone right before they go to bed? Be honest. This is a no-shame place. Raise your hand, husband. Okay, good. All right, right? And they say an hour. You need to cut it off an hour before sleep. Okay, so your emotions also get fixed with exercise and good food. Cut out sugar, your emotions get way better regulated. Uh, you want to be less alone when you feel better about yourself. Um, Let's see, you can cook different recipes, right? We can make good choices there. Injury, uh, there are some sitting things we can do. There are exercise therabands uh, for travel, those, those PT bands. You take them with you. You use your phone, get an app, and do some floor exercises in your hotel room, okay? What we value, right? Too much money. We have tons of free stuff on that list of how to um, get better. Menopause, I cannot help you with that one. But I do know eating and exercise helps menopause. I love that. So good. <laughs> Do you hear her? How smart is she? Oh my goodness. Yes. So anyone else have any obstacles that we need to address for you without shaming you? Yeah, and I think the main point here is not that we're going to solve every obstacle here. I mean, there were some great ideas, but the main point of that is seeing that there usually are answers. But a lot of times we don't stop to kind of like write out what is stopping me? What is happening here? Because I want this, but here's what I'm doing. You know, is it a motivation issue? You know, is it an information issue? Is it a skills issue? Is it a, do I need training? Do I need to hire a coach for a while? Do I need to read some things? You know, I remember when, I, when we got bicycles, I, I ended up getting on Amazon, and Amazon quickly served up five books that I bought. 
you know, but I worked my way through them, you know, how to drive across the country on your bikes and how to, you know, just things that are kind of aspirational and things that were helpful, like where can you mountain bike, where can you mountain bike in uh, California? Uh, what's the difference between mountain and road biking? And I started learning so much that that overcame my obstacle of, you know, something I'd been wanting to do for probably decades, but I just never did it. And so I needed information. So what is your obstacle? If you can define it, you know, they, there's an old saying, it's half solved. If you can just say, this is it, it's money, or it's time because it's my child is going to wake me up early, so how could I fix that? Could I partner with my husband some way? Is there some way of rearranging our schedule weekly? Uh, is there something that is, could I partner with another mom nearby, and we could share child care somehow, and I could get this, could I do it during lunch hour? You know, and you just, once you can define the obstacle clearly, then you can begin to brainstorm potential solutions, and then you can begin to try some of them, and here's what it takes. It may not work, so you try. Oh, you don't want to just go, oh, okay, I guess I can't exercise. You know. But you can think, okay, there's a solution. I just haven't found it yet. And I've you know, successfully found one or two that didn't work. I'm going to try something else. And it w eventually you can solve it, right? Did you all write down your obstacles? Really? Well, you got your obstacles written down. Good. Good job. <clears throat> all right, so let's go back, and uh, we want to spend some time in the SMART goals. You guys know this idea of SMART goals, that goals really – uh, happen more likely when you can write them in as a SMART goal, that they're specific. In other words, you, you're not just saying, I want to get in shape, but you're saying, I'd like to lose five pounds, or I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, learn to Zumba dance, or I'd like to, you know, so write something very specific. Uh, you got a place there to start three of these goals. So as, you, as of today, and Holy Spirit, show us, what would be your three goals today? And just write them by the S's, the three S's, right? One, two, or three goals. And then uh, I want you to, as you think about that goal, how would it be measured? When would I know that we've done it? Um, sometimes you think, I, I want to run a 5K, okay? So then you go, okay, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to find one, so, uh, you know, and I'm going uh, to put it on the calendar, and I'll know it's done when I've run that 5K, So it's measurable. Then it's time. Uh, the, you see the other parts of the SMART goal. Uh, it's time delineated, meaning, okay, it's going to be in June. You know, it's, uh, it's relevant. This really matters to me. So you write a little phrase there. This really matters to me because, and you can maybe say the because. Why is it relevant? Realistic. What's that? Yeah, does this make any sense? Uh, I, I went out of order. It's attainable, achievable. Uh, sometimes we set goals that are too far into the future. We need to set the goal for the next thing, like the next spot on the dial. What's the next spot on the dial? And so you can kind of check off, is this attainable? Uh, Minnie and I have two big goals, bicycle riding. We want to do Mount Evans, which is the highest road in North America that you can ride your bike up to. It's 14,130. Uh, in fact, if I open my computer right now, you'd see it on there because it's on my computer all the time, the, that top, mountaintop, because we've had this goal for a few years. We're going to probably try to do it next year. But we realized that we had to have some intermediate goals, so we had to ride up Mount Baldy first. You know, we had to ride up, and we've been, you know, working our way towards some other goals that will get us several years out to Mount Evans, hopefully, and before the window's closing of our age. But we'll see. We think we can do it. And then if we do it, we might try. You know, so think about your attainable, your achievable, as, in, as kind of making sure it's a next step thing. And then maybe you have some aspirational ones beyond that. Do you have something written down? 
All right. So then let's uh, just talk for a couple of minutes. I think we, we get out in about seven more minutes. Um, is this being helpful? We want to talk a little bit about sustaining pro- uh, progress and then uh, pray for you and then just have you write down what your very first step is going to be. Uh, but sustaining progress, they have done a lot of brain research now about how to sustain progress. And, uh, you know, there's a, uh, I'll refer you to one book that's really great uh, called um, Feel Better Fast and Make It Last by Dr. Daniel Amen. He's a Christian psychiatrist, actually the most famous psychiatrist in America right now, secular or Christian, but he is a, a spirit-filled believer. He went to ORU, and uh, you may have seen him on, on PBS, those kind of things. But he has this book, uh, Feel Better Fast and Make It Last, and he has a whole chapter, chapter 9, is it? You remember? Chapter 4, uh, that's all about how do you wire the brain for sustainable change. Uh, Mindy, do you want to point out uh, a few of those? He gives nine strategies. The first one he says is something that you can really choose. Serotonin is really important for your brain health. And there are some foods that help increase that. Uh, The main thing that really does help um, increase serotonin levels is exercise. Okay, so it all funnels back to this. Even if you're just moving in your seat, start somewhere. They said that... um, the last uh, article I read said that the, uh, the people who see the most positive impact of exercise immediately are the ones who haven't been doing it. So if you're not doing it, that's great news, right? Okay. So uh, go outside. Just getting some vitamin D. Just being outdoors is so good for our mental health, for our emotional health. It's just like, take a breath, okay? Eat foods containing tryptophan, which is an amino acid. Eggs, turkey, seafood, chickpeas, nuts, seeds, sweet potatoes, quinoa, dark chocolate. Then you can take some supplements. One of the things he encourages is to define what you really want and why you want it. So what do you want? Why did you come to this this workshop, there were so many great workshops. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't because there's so, why are you here? Why did you pick this? Why do you want to get healthier? So uh, this, the, the third one he says is assess your readiness for actual change. He does say in stage one that you pretty much aren't going to do anything, okay? You're just not even contemplating it yet. The stage two, I might do something. Stage three, I'm going to do this. So where are you? Are you, like, actually assess yourself. Am I going to do anything or not? Am I going to stop eating donuts? Or am I not? So you get freedom. Freedom is a high value to God. Free will, right? He wasn't there slapping Eve on the hand. I said not that fruit. He wasn't there, right? It's like, okay, that's where we're working. That's what we're working with here, all right? So uh, know that you need to get enough sleep. If you're not sleeping, figure out why. Do some, there's tons of things for reducing stress, deep breathing, things like that. Take some supplements. Let's see. You know, we should have started this whole thing with always check with your doctor before starting an exercise program, okay? Get your blood work done. Do the things that you know 
um, that you need to do is start, start, see where your baseline is. Where are you in this? Um, one of the things I think that keeps us trapped is uh, as pastors, we don't have very good connection with other people. We're pretty isolated, which fuels addictions. Food is an addiction. So is our phone. So is pornography. So is vodka. So is pleasing people. So is cocaine. So is isolation. All those things, they contribute to this one thing. They really do. See where you are. Name it. Be honest. Find someone to be honest with. Um, so it says identify your most vulnerable moments and learn from your mistakes. So when you do mess up, don't chide yourself. Be curious. Hmm. Why did I eat? Why did I, I keep saying three donuts? Because I guess that's my thing. Why did I eat three donuts today? Why did I intentionally ride my bike that direction? Because that's way out of the way, right? Why did I do that? Maybe because I left the house today in dissonance with my husband. Maybe um, I have a lot of pressure on me. I don't know. I got to stop and figure that out. So then if something happens, you develop an if-then plan. If I go to this party and I know this food is going to be there, what am I going to do? I'm going to eat a plate of vegetables before I head to dessert. I'm going to, if I do that, then what happens? If I'm anxious about a meeting, I'll write down my thoughts. If I become aware of the impulse to eat, then I'll focus on something else. I just want you to know this is really good news. Everyone listen. Are you listening? I need all your eyes. Most cravings last three to five minutes. Okay, did you hear me? Three to five minutes. If you can find a distraction for three to five minutes, you've beaten it. Okay, if you get, I know you keep reaching for this. Okay, good. I don't care. We'll take it. All right, here we go. Reframe your pain. Make decisions like you are that healthy person. Uh, turn accomplices into friends. Okay, you know those friends. You want to go out to eat with them because they want to go to Chili's and order those chips and ranch and salsa. Not with that skinny friend who only wants to share a salad and drink water, right? But <laughs> those are the ones that we want to hang out with or we need our husbands not to judge us or our wives not to judge us. Our pastor, I love him. His wife is, anyway, she's hard on him. And I told her that. I said, stop doing that to your husband. So, okay. Use small behaviors to generate huge change. It starts small. Start small. That's perfect time. So this was that book, by the way. It really is a, a very helpful book on transforming your life, uh, especially in the physical and the brain, other areas. But the small thing, what's the small thing you're going to do and when are you going to do it? I want you just to write that down right now in the back. The one next thing. Lord, give us the one next thing. Is it to call somebody? Is it to tell somebody? Is it to get some information? Is it to check to a gym? Super hard doing this by yourself. Is this a talk over with my spouse? Is this... What is your one next thing? And then we want to pray for you.
let me get a quick show of hands on this. What's the chance the thing you just wrote down, what's the chance that it's a 10 that you're actually going to do it? What's the chance it's only a five? But it's a five, at least a five. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right. Good. Then think about how could I make that a 10? What would, what would move that toward a 10? Father, we love you so much. We love that you uh, gave us these bodies. And we love that you have grace all over us, Lord God. And there's just no perfection in how we treat the temple. But, Lord, uh, we do want to, we, we're all in this room because we all want to move the dial at least some toward what would honor you, what would love you with all of our strength, what would build capacity so that we could serve others better because we've expanded capacity. What would be that thing that would help us uh, to sharpen the axe so that we can actually cut down more trees because we took the time aside to sharpen the axe, as Ecclesiastes wrote. Lord, help us. Give us the grace to do that. Give us, Lord, the will and the way to do your good pleasure when it comes to our physical honoring of you, our stewardship of who we are so that we might love you and love others better. Help us, God. We desperately need your help. We submit this to you. We, we, we're at the altar. We're asking for the empowerment that only you can give. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.